Welcome to another episode of The Tribe Talks. I'm your host, Amma B, a.k.a. Queen Mother of the Tribe. And as we do every week, I'm bringing y'all the tribe talent. This week's tribe talent goes to my label mates at Covenant Media Group, Defcon Jive. Defcon Jive is a hilariously inappropriate and thought-inducing podcast filled with intelligent Black discourse, tomfoolery, and shenanigans. Defcon Jive's cast of rotating hosts include Canon, Remy, Boom, LeBron James Bond, and Scrap. Get ready to clutch your pearls, shake your head, and full belly laugh with Defcon Jive everywhere you can listen to podcasts. So that's SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, so on and so forth. Follow them also on Twitter and Instagram at DCJ Podcast. So this week's episode, we are having some amazing guests with us today. I am very, very excited to introduce these two brothers here today. Uh, First, I'm going to be introducing Willard Hill. Willard Hill is a New Orleans recording artist and producer known to blend hip-hop, jazz, funk, Latin, soul, and whatever moves his spirit into his own unique sound. With lyrics that paint vivid scenes, he makes music to inspire, incite, and immerse the listener in his world. A world that, right or wrong, offers a deeper understanding of humanity, urban life, and everyday people. When Willard isn't working on new music, he's offering up his talents as a music composer, music supervisor, and creative director for various projects. He's also a daddy. And a Howard alumna. And Howard alumna. Gosh, y'all are everywhere. So say what's up to the people, Willard. What's up? Our next guest is Johanse DJ Merc 80, Sarant. Johanse grew up around music with a musician father and then started playing drums as a kid. Grew up playing all sides of music in the house, from hip-hop to oldies, and joined the high school jazz band while in a hip-hop group. I'm gonna, we're going to have to learn more about that. You're going to have to spit some bars. Okay. He became a DJ in 2012 and plays all styles of music that he grew up with. He's also a teacher and a lifelong learner. He loves plantains. Yes. Uh, fried or baked or does it really matter? It doesn't really matter. Okay. Fried, right. preferably. Okay. All right. Okay. He hates peanut butter. Okay. I've got mixed feelings about that, but that's all right. Um, and he is about 45% ratchet, depending on the situation, right? Give or take a couple of Give or percentage. take. Okay. Give or take. All right. Cool, cool. All right. So the reason that I have uh, Willard and Johanse here uh, is because I was thinking about the importance of music. I think music is paramount in the way that we live our lives. Uh, It is used as a tool to tell stories. It is a regulator when it comes to our emotions. And it's just a powerful, powerful entity. And these two brothers are submerged into music. Music is, I believe, elemental to y'all. So what I wanted to do was kind of come here and talk to y'all about the primal and elemental power of music and how it plays a role in our lives and how it plays a role in y'all's lives, especially because of the fact that you all are creating music, you're curating music for the masses. So my first question to you all is, what is your earliest memory of music and how did that memory help shape your current relationship with music? My first memory of music, there are a few, but the one that sticks out in my mind 
was being at a choir rehearsal at, with my grandmother. She was a choir director mm-hmm. at her church. And um, I might have been like six years old. And she let me get up and, um, you know, direct the choir, like, you know, count out the count out the uh, meter or whatever. Oh. Um, so, you know, that, that was like interesting. And now as an adult, you know, I never really played in church and nothing like that. Like I never got into gospel music, but um, I always since then have seen music as like a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every studio is an altar kind of thing and you alt- offer up your your tribute to your career. Heavy. And real. Okay, all right. Earliest memory I can remember, pretty much my earliest memory largely was with music. I remember waking up and going downstairs and um, my mom pretty much every day would kind of get up kind of to start her day and be in the living room and kind of, you know, listen to some kind of music back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would pretty much get up every day when I get up, go downstairs and, you know, sit in her lap while she's listening to, to music. So um, it's pretty much been around literally ever since I can remember. Right. Um, the importance of it for me, I mean, aside from the fact that, like, I just kind of, a couple of years ago, really realized, like, if I have to do some work, any kind of work, whether it's cleaning up or typing something or anything, I have to have music on to concentrate or else I won't mm-hmm. concentrate on anything. Lately, I've been paying more attention because, like, I do, um, you know, I teach math and I do math tutoring for a long time. So I've been really trying to think about math and its relationship with music uh, a lot more and kind of figure out, you know, the the, the connection, the deeper connections of, of all that. But I mean, you know, yeah, music is definitely everything. So yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting that you have brought up um, just basically the fact that anything and everything that you do, you have to have music playing in some capacity. Because my next question was, when it comes to creating, curating music. What are the elements that need to be present for you to do that effectively? So, for example, does it need to be totally silent? But you said, no, you need to have music playing. Do you need to be listening to a certain type of music to create in a certain way? Do you need to smoke? Do you need a drink? Like, what what elements need to kind of be present for you to to create or curate? So, for me, it's, it's interesting. Um, I need a, a certain stillness. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm inspired by the chaos of life in a sense, um, because that's where the stories come from. That's where, you know, the the rhythms come from, mm-hmm. uh, good or bad. Right. And you have to process all of that and kind of put it into a tangible form. But if there's too much going on around me, I can't really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm I'm kind of like the opposite to what Merck is saying. Like, music is every part of my life, and mm-hmm. you know I can't, um, I can't like move without it. But it's gotten to the point now where, like, I have to cut it off to concentrate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like I'm I'm concentrating. I would be concentrating on the music too much to do anything besides. Yeah. So it's like I have to, you know, eliminate it all. So I watch a lot of like. 
nature documentaries and <laughs> you know what I mean, like science stuff. So that way, like my brain isn't, um, you know, distracted, and then then I go make music. Okay, so for you, it needs to be um, an absence of the music in order to create the music yeah, that you. Yeah, okay. because it's you know it's, it's filling that void. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's so much music now, anyway. Anyway, like you know, you, everybody's making it, mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem with it. But you know, it's like if you're um, a speaker mm-hmm. and everybody's talking <laughs> and nobody's listening, it's like, well, what the fuck am I gonna say? You know what right. I'm saying? So having that quiet and stillness kind of allows me, you know, again to make that spiritual connection to the source and be, mm-hmm. you know, a, a vessel of sorts mm-hmm. for whatever you know, whatever comes out. Right. So whatever um, inspiration needs to happen. You need to be yeah. still in order and to it receive does, it. And it doesn't, you know, like some people need to smoke and drink. I, I really don't have to for that to happen. When I mix the records and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. you know, then I do because that's very meticulous and like yeah. scientific. And you'd be like, you know, two hours trying to get the right snare drum sound right. and stuff. So you'd be like, let me just, let me get, right. this, let me get this Hennessy real quick. <laughs> Cause I'm about to go crazy, right? But you know, when, when it's like creation, man, it's just you know. And you're saying that you don't usually have other music on, especially when you're talking about like composing music or lyrics too, or is it both? Both. Like even if I'm writing to a song, I have to pause the song, mm. right? And then write to it, right? Okay. Cause it's like, like for instance, I play a lot of instruments. Mm. So if if the track is going, you know, and I'm writing. All of a sudden, I start listening to the keyboard, and not and I'm and not concentrating on lyrics. So then I'm like, "Damn man, that chord is really fucking with me right now." Like, you know what I'm saying? And then I, you know, next thing you know, I'm I'm on the keyboard like messing with the chord. So I got like a whole notebook full of half finished songs because of that. So now I have to be a little more disciplined to say, "Okay, you are the producer now. Okay, now you are the lyricist." Mm-hmm. Whatever's on the record is on the record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So having the music on actually is just a form of, uh, or it, it invokes maybe a, a form of ADD. Yeah, hell yeah. Just kind of not yeah. necessarily all over the place. No, you're all over the place. Okay, because you like you know you you're hearing everything at once. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like psychotic in a sense. Sure. You're like shit, man. Why is that high hat so bright? Like you need to EQ that. You know. And like for all y'all who are listening, that uh, is a lot of music speak. And I, as a as an everyday civilian, don't necessarily know what that is. But if you want to take a sec- a second and go yeah. to our good sis Google, yeah, yeah. Uh, and ask her those questions, yeah. then uh, you can find out what Sweet what that translated to, right? <laughs> right. Um, Save my life. Right. So I'm gonna actually. Uh, I had a I had something that I wanted to ask Mark because we were just talking about. Um, well, you brought up the fact that. Music is being created left and right everywhere. Um, and so sometimes it, it might feel like our world is saturated with it. Um, Mark, um, excuse me, I keep going back and forth between calling you Yohante and... That's and, fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so my question to you is, as a DJ and a person who kind of, who curates music for experiences, mm-hmm. um with all the music that you got in this world right now, how is it that you basically can keep your hand on the pulse of what's hot, what's not, what's making an impact, 
what is uh, going to affect the room that you're in, the people that you're dealing with. How do you manage to basically bring all that together? And then on top of that, part two, A, <laughs> um, is how do you regulate your personal taste with that as well? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so the the funny part about when you bring that up, because I was about to bring up a, a memory of Will, because I, mm-hmm. I damn near forgot that I had DJ one of his shows. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. I remember we hadn't talked that much, I don't yeah. think, before the show. Like you had sent me tracks and stuff yeah. like that. And was this at the Mint? Yeah. yeah, and I was supposed to at least play some warm up music. So then, like mm-hmm. after I got a sense of who he was, yeah. I knew what I wanted to play. Yeah. And the first song was like, uh, it was like that first song off the was it off the Goody Mob album? I think so. Yeah, it was a uh, uh, thought process. Yep, yep. yep. You know, because Will is a, a deep thinking dude. He's from the South. That was my introduction, uh, especially besides Outcast, into that. So. To long story short, it's kind of like when you, you know, as most people who DJ say, like reading the room. Mm-hmm. So you kind of sense certain things and then you kind of go with your instincts kind of from there. Mm-hmm. What was the other part of the question? How do you uh, basically regulate your personal oh, right. taste? So, so at first it was hard because it's very easy to fall in the trap of just playing whatever's hot or whatever's popular and that you know people want to hear. I'm at the point now where I'll listen to the song and I'll know whether or not I like it or whether or not it's going to work at a certain party or whether I feel like it might be a hit. Mm-hmm. And if I really don't like it, then I'm just not going to play it. I don't care how popular it is. Now, if I go to a bunch of places and it gets requested and I got now voted, then I'll be like, OK, then I'll probably make an exception. But, you know, there there are certain songs where it's like, I don't care. I'm not I'm not going to play it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And after a while, once I started, you know, you kind of hit with DJ and I think you hit certain kind of milestones mm-hmm. where you start realizing like, oh, OK, I can match these things together or this works or you start kind of getting your style. And then, you know, now I've just gotten to a point where I kind of trust myself and trust my instincts uh, where to go. So, you know, it really just kind of comes to knowing your own sense of taste and having your own kind of discerning ear to say, nah, either you like it or you don't. And then being flexible enough to know to when to say, OK, I may not like this song, but I'm going to play it anyway. Right. Yeah. OK. So there have been moments I know where, like, I've heard you spin, been uh, at parties and and I'll hear the transition. It'll go from one song, hype, having a great time. And then you hit that transition and be like, oh, like, and the entire room goes crazy because of the fact that you made that, that decision to, to, to basically take it up a notch. Yeah. I I, I like to, I like to make, make them plot twists, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like where, and and most of the time I don't plan what I'm going to play. And that's where, you know, my other mentors came into play. They were like, don't plan it out too much. And then sometimes I'll just be listening to something or I've done the mix a few times. And then if I know that I haven't done it with this room or most of the people, then I'll give it a try and go for it. And then usually it works. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, with that uh, thought of um, basically picking and choosing what you like and what you don't like and, you know, having it go with with the flow of what you're doing, I'm curious to ask y'all just... 
we were we grew up in an era of different music. Uh, I think that coming up um, as kids, we came up where I think songwriting musicianship was very very huge. And I'm not saying that that's not the case now, but I feel like it was more. Uh, tied to now our nostalgia of the times that we had growing up. So my question is, what is your thought about the state of music today? In 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 twenty nineteen, you know, what is your what are your thoughts about the state of music right now? Well, you gotta go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know. I had to have an honest conversation with myself because it, it was really easy, especially as a music creator, mm-hmm. to um, condemn a lot of the stuff that I was hearing just because it was different, you know, right. or it didn't seem as musical. It mm-hmm. seemed like, you know. But then, you know, I was like, all right, bro, like, you know, Hot Boys wasn't necessarily Duke Ellington either, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was so good. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if, if you grew up listening to Miles Davis, mm-hmm. right, and you was like a, a jazz head, mm-hmm. and then your son or your little brother comes back from college playing, you know, P-Funk, right. James Brown, and they're like, they're playing the same shit over and over and over yeah. and over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. You, would, you would feel a certain way about it. So what I realized is that, you know, things evolve you know, cultures evolve. It doesn't mean that things go away. It just means that what we're focused on at the time is different. Mm -hmm. And right now, because we're looking at music, not as the, the, the craft or the, um, you know, the art form, but we're looking at it more as like the industry. Mm -hmm. What's, what's known, what's popular, what's on TV, what's on the radio. I ain't got shit to do with music. Right. And music creation. That's just what the powers that be decide, mm-hmm. you know, that people want to hear. And a lot of times the people do want to hear it, you know. Right. The same way, you know, Cash Money took over. For the 2000. <laughs> you know, somebody else took over for 2010. Right. You know, in, in 2019. It's right. just, it's, it's always going to be like that. I think the, the discord comes between, uh, especially with black people. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think that you know I know I know white quote unquote white music because I I really do hate classifying it that way but we're talking culture more than anything mm-hmm. else yeah but I do feel like white folks don't necessarily get into this beef like we do mm-hmm. because I think you know they don't necessarily have their hopes and dreams and cultures tied into what's in the Billboard Top 10. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if Green Day's charting, who gives a shit? (laughs) I'm going to Lake Havasu. You know what I'm saying? uh, You know what I'm saying? But it's like, if if Cash Money is charting, Mm -hmm. then my entire city is popping. Right. Right. Because I'm black. The white kids in New Orleans didn't give a shit. Right. They weren't hanging out with us, no way. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's, 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 to me, you know, I, 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 I like to hear where the the ears are now mm-hmm. because at the end of the day and I, it's, it's may seem like a tangent but it's not but at the end of the day what we're really doing as music creators is capturing energetic moments right same way in the 70s you know the energy was hard driven and fast and you know didn't have time for all that love shit you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so then we got funk right, right. when they was on you know they, the the drug of choice was heroin mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? It was like real laid back and funky and, you know, smooth. Then when they started doing that coke in the 80s, you got all of that heavy synthesizers and, you know what I'm saying, spandex and shit. And then, you know, the 90s times was tough and the kids was angry and then you got gangster shit. But then at the same time, you still had people making beautiful music. So I just say all of that to say there's still people making beautiful music, young and old. You know, we just get caught up in the narrative because that's what is put in front of us. Right. So, you know, that's it. I, I, <clears throat> just to piggyback, I mean, the biggest thing I've seen is how people look at music in terms of the, the, the industry and, and the, the fame and the get rich quickness of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've always been, I think slightly cynical since I was about a teenager. Like, when I was younger, I used to listen to a lot of the stuff that was on the radio mm -hmm. until one guy was like, nah, man, I don't just listen to stuff that's on the radio. I listen to the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So then I listened to the lyrics and I was kind of like, damn, okay, they're not really, they aren't really saying anything, right? right. Certain songs. Mm -hmm. And then it got to a point where, you know, I remember in high school, a lot of motherfuckers were, were like, oh, you know, it don't really matter what you're saying as long as the beat is hot mm -hmm. and then you got a good hook. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm not going to lie and say that I haven't gotten somewhat, you know, cynical in the idea that music is very easy to make, but easy to produce in a sense. But when it comes to people's individuality and coming up with new styles and new certain things, like it seems more difficult for people to do. But, you know, when I go back and I look at older, you know, documentaries on music, I start seeing certain rotations of things but my my heart my foot is always just about what black music mm -hmm. and i think black music and as will was saying culture black culture has always kind of moved this 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 country forward and really music period i don't think that the music industry would be what it is right now without motown right you know what i'm saying anywhere mm -hmm. for the world mm -hmm. and i do a party called world 70 which everybody mm -hmm. should come to follow world 70 party on instagram We'll make sure that we put the information in the bio. Yes. Mm -hmm. But in, I was kind of worried when I was talking to some of my friends because the, the party is pretty much focused on like 70s and 80s music with like reggae, salsa, funk, disco, mm -hmm. R&B, all that stuff kind of blended all together. Mm -hmm. And I started getting worried because I was like, okay, well, do young people want to hear this? And, you know, does this work? And, and certain stuff like that. Because now as a DJ, you have to figure out what kind of music to play for the audience to show up, right. for them to buy drinks, for you to stay doing the party, for you to make something popular. Right. But I was like, man, even when I was a kid, I liked older music. So it wasn't how old the music was to, you know, per se. I, I don't want to believe that somebody that's 21 or 22 wouldn't like some Stevie Wonder. Right. But it's weird because I don't know how much the industry has influenced people's tastes to the point where anything that's different, they don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I almost kind of am, am frightened to see what it might be like for, you know, a teenager to, you know, if they like a James Brown song, but they don't know how to dance to it. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is that you don't have to know. You just do what you want. Right. You know what I mean? That was kind of the thing. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've been... I've been touring in a thousand different places with, you know, the way music is going right now. But right now, it seems to me like you you kind of have to have, 
you kind of have to have a, a certain amount of privilege to to really even you know really break through whether it's as a dj or a musician or anything like that you got to keep at it if you love it you got to do it because you love it but you know now with the the fame and and certain things people don't understand how 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 the business works to the point where all they're doing is just doing whatever you know right I think the fact that we also live in an age where things are manufactured so quickly and they that a lot of, um, I'm not going to say all of it, but if you got a good branding, marketing team behind you um, to help, you know, push that image or whatever it is that the label is trying to create, um, it might be easier for you to um, to believe that it's not just the talent that needs to go into it. It ha- You have to create this brand and you have to create this image in order for you to be popular or to create good music. I've actually, I think I found a lot of times where I'm listening to music on different platforms, whether it's Spotify or Apple Music or, or wherever, SoundCloud. When I find an artist that I've never heard of before, that I've never ever considered, I've kind of fallen into a rabbit hole. So you start falling into this person's music and then you start seeing where what other artists are similar to them and then you end up experiencing this spider web of music that you you had no idea of. Well, I was going to I was going to say something uh to what Merck was saying, but I I rather say something to what you just said cuz I think that's the future of music, you know, like the industry as we knew it is is kind of over right now. You know, artists are understanding the importance of ownership, mm-hmm. owning their own masters, things mm-hmm. like that. I've been an independent artist since I first hit record. Mm-hmm. Um, and to what Merck was saying about understanding business, um, you know, we're in an age now where we're seeing the benefits of self-promotion the benefits of you know globalization in a sense like people now you know they might get one hit record mm-hmm. when i say hit record i mean like this shit was popping on soundcloud right and then they already in london mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying whereas back in the day you toured the u.s until it was over and then when the money dried up then you go hit the euro tour you know what i'm saying or go to asia now it's all simultaneous right because we all follow each other on instagram we mm-hmm. know you know same shit so um, with that said, I think the future of music is going to be that that kind of discovery, mm-hmm. that rabbit hole thing. Because right now, we're in a place where you know folks like Merck, you know, they curate live events like the music we hear at live events. Mm-hmm. We have Shazam, so we can find out what songs just played. You know what I'm saying? So you know, the emotions attached to music in the spaces that he may play music would make me like it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I really did not like uh, I'll Go Everything when it first came out. Like, Trinidad James. Yeah, mm. yeah. I didn't like it. Yep. But I, I don't I think was you're in, the only one. But I listen, think. hold up. I was in the, I was, I was, I think I was in New York or something. I was in a club. Mm-hmm. And that shit came on. And like, the energy of the people around, you know what I'm saying? Gold all the matcha. Yeah. I just started fucking <laughs> swag surfing out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Getting jiggy with the crowd, and right. now I like the song. Right, it ain't got nothing to do with the song. Right, it's just the the energy and the emotion. So the experiences now are gonna be on us as the 
consumers, you know, mm-hmm. as the, the population. Mm-hmm. So when we, you know, we could say, you know, I'm going to listen to this playlist on Spotify because they always have what's new. Right. When I'm in that mood. Right. But I'm also going to listen to my friend's playlist because I trust their ear. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I'm just going to let life happen and I've randomly heard this song playing in Chipotle. And which happens to me all the time, right? <laughs> and I, you know, Shazam and shit. And next thing you know, it's in my playlist, right? And now my wife is listening to this song, right? And now we on a rabbit hole on this artist, and you know what I'm saying. And a quick anecdote: I was um, at uh, the Nam Music Conference out here in um, it was like last year, or something January, mm-hmm. and the uh, owner, or not owner, one of the executives at CD Baby was doing a talk about like album releases, right? You know, and what he was saying is that the traditional album release that we all came to know and love, where like, oh, so and so dropping an album on mm-hmm. Friday, let's get ready. You know? mm-hmm. All of that shit was based off of the idea of going, somebody going to a record store mm-hmm. and buying a physical record. Right. Even dropping it on iTunes and everybody buying it in one week, mm-hmm. that shit is dead. There's, there's artists now. Who are getting discovered and going on tour from music that they made in 2007? You know, because Starbucks put it in their playlist. Some mm-hmm. some girl or guy who is in charge of that shit, mm-hmm. you know, heard it, liked heard it, it, liked it. They might have been heard it, mm-hmm. and they like, oh, I'm gonna put that obscure song. I like, <laughs> you know, it goes great with pumpkin spice. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they put this shit in the playlist, and next thing you know, this nigga is touring. The O2, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's doing a whole Southeast Asian tour. Right. Based off of, you know, somebody's playlist off of music he made and forgot about. Years ago. Probably gave up on his career. Damn. You know what I'm saying? But that's the way the life is is working now in my my world. Like, so we, as the creators, are just like, fuck it, put it out. Right. Put it out. Like, okay, you got a new song about, you know, Pumpkin Spice? Send it to (laughs) Starbucks. See, you know, they might like it. And then- you know, and go from there. And go from there. Okay, all right. So, um, I'm going to to bring it back a little bit more, just to the music, um, relationship and and your choice with music. But what piece of work to date, um, has affected you deeply, and why? Now, that probably can be a very loaded question because y'all have a shit ton of music that you've listened to since conception. So I'm not going to force you to just pick one, but I want to think, have you guys think about what music speaks to you? I know for me, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, where I am. If Alabaster Box comes on by uh, C.C. Winans, is it C.C. Winans? Yeah then I'm I'm losing it. Like I I will I will be I was driving the other day downtown to go to one of my my friends events and that song came on. It was in the middle of a Sunday. So it was in rotation gospel playlist and it came on and I was driving and I just tears. Like that you know that one tear that yeah. just comes down and then that all glory the, yeah, that, the glory tear right yes. Yeah. So so but that song affects me so deeply because of where I was when I first heard it. Uh, the emotions that are evoked by listening to this woman pour her out into this song. Mm-hmm. Um, so so for me, that is a, a piece that will forever 
I don't care where I'm doing, what I'm doing, where I'm going. If that song comes on, I'm pausing and listening because it has affected me so emotionally heavily. So I want to ask y'all what, I mean, not necessarily what song has you out here boohooing and giving the glory tear, but what song makes you pause, might have memories attached to it um, to date? What, what do y'all, can y'all think of one, yeah. if not many? <laughs> you want to go first? Yeah. First, first one song that comes to mind uh, is uh, Don't Disturb This Groove by The System. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. First of all, you're my BFF because <laughs> that is my favorite song. Favorite song. It's the jam. <sighs> Every time it comes on. And I remember I was in college and this is when Napster came out. Yeah. Mm. So I was on a spree downloading <laughs> so much stuff, like stuff that Viruses. I still have in my, in my Serato yeah. now because of it. Viruses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not on Napster. That was off of uh, Kazaa. Yeah, yeah LimeWire and stuff. Yeah. Audio Galaxy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ripper. I ain't gonna yeah. lie. But... Uh, I was, I was, it, it was a song that was just, it was in my head and I couldn't for the life of me figure out who did it. And somebody had a bunch of old eighties, black eighties R&B shit. And so I downloaded and I heard it and I was happy for like three days straight. Oh my God. I was so happy that I found that song. It was like getting my childhood back. Wow. You know, and 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 for y'all who don't know, and I'll probably end up giving you, giving you, <laughs> giving you this, this track, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know the name. I didn't know the name. Wait, wait. And, 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 and the keyboard and the stereo. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's when you know you got it. Like, oh, all right. Hey. <laughs> and, and there's a go-go version, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Go-go version is fire, too. Yes. Like, and I didn't know what I was singing when I was young. But it is here. This joint, like, feel it. Like, it just, it's so good. It feels like the start of something special. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean... A few babies more made. Yes. Have Have fun. Okay, all right. I'm so happy. Love, (laughs) don't disturb the group. (laughs) Put the sign on the door. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, I I love that song, man. Yes. Yes. That is an amazing song. song. Yeah, that's the number one that that pops in my head. Yes. You know, yeah. Yes. Uh, mine is different mine is a little more uh, I have so many like really deep rooted memories attached to songs but the the moment I was like a coming of age almost Mm -hmm. um, because I had two Mm -hmm. there was there was miseducation Mm, yes you know I was 17 I think it was 98 so yeah no no wait 16 Mm -hmm. so you know I was I was uh, it, it really, you know, it, it awakened a certain level of understanding and wisdom, mm-hmm. enlightenment. But when I was 19 mm-hmm. and I started smoking weed, hey, yeah, <laughs> more, <we>. frequently. <laughs> more frequently, more frequently, more frequently, not that, just yeah. started, no, frequently. More frequently, okay. Um, I was, I went by my partner Brett's house, mm-hmm. Brett Barthe, this is back in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I just come back from Howard on break or whatever. And um, we were sitting in his house and I'm sitting on the sofa and, you know, like just melted into the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of shit. Yep. And he put on some music and all of a sudden it was like super faint and it started getting louder and louder and louder. And it was Natural Mystics by the well. 
mm. New Orleans, natural mystic. And like the way that it 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 captured my entire like not even my attention. It was like my soul, my fucking, you know, just every my every vibration in my body just kinda like, you know, it I was stuck, man. And and the whole album played mm-hmm. And then by the time it got to uh, Rasta Manchant, mm-hmm. I was like out of here. You know what I'm saying? And every time I've had like moments of losing myself in the world, because it happens, you know, mm-hmm. like I always gravitate back to that album. Mm-hmm. So Natural Mystic will always be that kind of like, you know, true north for me in yeah. a sense. Like, you know, this is where. Your, you know, this is the type of music you need to be putting out into the world. This is with, with, where, you know, where you're aligned, like spiritually and mentally, and you know, just as a black man in the world. I don't make reggae music, but you know, it's like that's that's forever will be like that defining moment. Okay, good. And then Cash Money taking over. Yeah, but I'm not out of this. You cannot, man. It, it's funny to me because I was talking to my my girlfriends um, and we had this uh, like throwback kickback mm-hmm. episode that I did for season one, and we were talking about just the power of the nostalgia when it comes to music. So we're we're talking about you know as soon as you hear Gator Boots yeah, yeah. and and it <laughs> yeah. just like you immediately go right back to high school yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know driving in the car with your friends and 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 all of the shenanigans and shit oh, that yeah. we got into. And it's beautiful because the music is attached to the memory or the memory is attached to the music, whatever Mm. it is. It's just like uh, Will Smith says, you know, how, what's it called? What did he say? What was the line? A scent from a girl sparks of nostalgia. You know, so it's the same thing with the music. You hear a couple chords of a song and then all of a sudden it's like, yo, you remember when? It's it's powerful and it's amazing, you know? Wait, where did you grow up? I grew up in Maryland in Silver Spring. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like, I think... <clears throat> the space where you first receive art in general, but I think music is so important because I think it can change the feeling of it too. Because oh, you can know a song and then hear it at a different moment in your life or a different space, mm-hmm. whether you're with a group of people or alone. And all of a sudden you hear in backgrounds you didn't hear before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're noticing things. You, 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 there's stuff you didn't hear before that you're hearing now or vice versa. And it's like, oh, Lyrics that you yes. had no idea. Yeah. yeah. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, what, that's what we we aim for, you know, well, most of us. Yeah. That's what we aim for because if, if you think about how disposable music is, you know what I'm saying? Like there's music in commercials. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't listen to that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is the right. McRib back or not? Right. I, mean, I don't eat McRibs, by the way, but I'm just saying. Uh, is, is it back or not? But, you know what I'm saying? It's like music, there's, there's, there's like, there's too much music. But what we're trying to do is is become a part of your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what Merck is trying to do is is create moments for your life, like memories. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it's really about you know, un- understanding humanity and emotion and psychology mm-hmm. at the end of the day. You know, it's like, and that's what I said before, it's about the, the energy of the moment. Right. You know, like, there's certain songs you can't listen to after you broke up with your girl. Man. Mm-hmm. Can't fucking Look. do it. You love that song, man. And then, now, every time you hear that song, you see her face and you're like, yeah. fuck. Man. Right. Yep. Yeah. 
I, I got a question for y'all. Has there been a, a song that like, especially as a kid, you might not have liked, but then your parents said, oh, you don't understand this yet? Yes. Like, I don't know a particular song person. I think Luther in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then like, you know, now more recently, I mean, it, I, I don't think my mom grew up around it or whatever, but she didn't really, she, she, she didn't really, wasn't really into the blues per se. Mm-hmm. But then now more recently when I've heard certain stuff, I'm like, damn, that's what they're talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now I'm an adult. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's where, that's the basis of lyricism. You know, it's like, like for instance, when you couldn't, when you used to couldn't say shit on the radio, right? You would have to be a little more slick with your approach. So you know, you might say something like, um, you know, I'm trying to think. Of, uh, like, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking that that you know that Rita Franklin song, which just said, "I love you, baby." When you hold me, the moment you get there. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, get where. Get get you where don't know. Like, get a there. Right, it's like oh get there there oh there. you got there you oh. Got, oh. Okay. yeah 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 mm-hmm. so it's like you know those kind of things now it's like everything is just out in the open absolutely so yeah. the kids there's no yeah it's like the kids there's no yeah. poetry there's no there's no hidden gems to right. find it's yeah. like yeah no nuance absolutely. it's like everything that's my one complaint I will say mm. like a lot of a lot of the art and lyricism uh, is gone, like, you know, just in terms of, like, people people feel so free to say whatever the fuck they want to say right. that they don't try to not say it. Right, right. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Like, like, it's like when the kid's in a room and you don't cuss around kids and you be like, man, you don't get the fudge out of my face. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like... You know that kind of shit, right? Like, right. You have to think. You got to think about a, a way to. What say, is for me? I mean, that's okay. Maybe um, call call it what you want. Judge me if you want, but I think it's just lazy. Like I think it's it's it, it is because I can remember when we were growing up and even listening to some of the uh, music that my mom um had us listen to. It was a lot of Ella Fitzgerald. It was a lot of Nancy Wilson. It was a lot of Nat King Cole. It was a lot. You know. Stevie Wonder, we listened to the cassette. Yeah. I remember yeah. we'd be in the car gr- driving someplace, and you know, it hit the road jack. Yeah. We knew all the words. Like it was, it was just that that type of music. But I remember there was a song by Ella Fitzgerald called "Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered," mm-hmm. and <laughs> and 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 if you listen to to the actual lyrics, like I'm like, this is a this is a nerdy song. Like there yeah, there are parts yeah. of it where I'm just like, what? She's talking about, you know, the ants that invaded my pants. Oh, like, I'm like, wait, what? 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 Even Nancy Wilson. Nancy Wilson had a song called um, Guess Who I Saw Today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yes. And, and like, actually. A yes. A story. Yeah. That is her stories anymore. Yeah. The, the whole, because you're sitting there and you're like, okay, so she parked and she yeah. went to go to a French cafe and then she saw people in love and... Mm. You know, and the whole time she's sitting in, in there with her man with a, you know, they're having drinks and, and, and a book. 
Yeah. yeah. So, but 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 the beauty of it was the fact that you stopped and you listened because you were trying to understand the vision that they were trying to paint for you. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing like when you're saying with people now today, take it off, spread yeah. it out, and bend yeah. over, and you're just like, whoa, yeah. wait, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I've been I've been having to do like a lot of R and B parties, and it's really difficult for me to like a lot of R and B songs right now. Yeah, it's yeah. real difficult. Yeah. Some of them will have great. Uh, uh, produce tracks and then the lyrics come on. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. <laughs> like, I'm like, uh, I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, we could probably go on for days with this, but I, I'm I'm not trying to keep us here for two hours or more. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna wrap wrap this up real quick with just the final kind of like quick fire questions sure. and y'all could just answer and then we could just move on. So my question to you is when you're down and need to get back into the pocket, give me one song that you listen to, to get you back into that space. If you got to look at your phone to figure out what songs you need to listen to, let me know. I, I will say for me, if I'm, if I'm kind of in a, in a space where I'm feeling bad, masterpiece by uh, Jasmine Sullivan yeah. does that for me. Flaws and all, I am a masterpiece. Like that, that song really, really gets me in the pocket. Yes. Or you could also do what's it called? Oh gosh, by uh, if you love me, Brownstone. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hello. Shoot, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. Like a mood lifter. Yeah, yeah. mood lifter. Something like that'll get you back in the pocket. I I've, I I will actually say I found myself. Um, it, when I'm, my emotions are like all over the fucking place, mm-hmm. I've turned more to like world music, like shit where I can't understand what they're saying. Oh, okay. okay. Just because I don't get triggered by no bullshit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so then it's not necessarily like, the words like, that are being said, it's just you're listening yeah, to the just music listen to itself. Some shit, you know, right. the energy is right. Because like, you don't want to be like thinking about your fucking overdraft and then they be like, broke yeah. niggas on the left. <laughs> And I'm like, oh shit, I'm on the left. I am on the left. I'm on the left, right? Fuck, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm triggered. (laughs) How do you? All right, so we can we can come back, but I'll I'll just spitfire it. So, what song best describes one of your happiest moments? Yeah, <laughs> yes. might be across the board. <laughs> answer uh, happiest moments. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I could. I could say that outstanding by the Gap oh, Band. Yeah. Do 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 do. Yeah. Before I let go, Frankie Beverly. Any any black cookout song, right? I'm in the mood. Like, all right, yeah, that's good. He sang his face off on. Like, you don't, you don't have to do that in a song like that, but he did. Yeah, so beautifully. Yeah. All right, give me a song that puts you that. Excuse me, that puts you in a place where you can't listen to it anymore. I personally hate. With a passion, as soon as I even start to hear it, immediately I will vault across the room, Turn it spin, dive, flip, wherever I have to do just to change the song. Too close by next. Oh, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. That song is so yeah. disgusting. To me. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't even enjoy it in any capacity. 
It's also just because of the fact that it's triggering because it's just like, yeah, girl, don't stop now. You done did it. Where we've been in enough parties where a dude will walk up on you and be like, yeah, girl. And then bam, your penis is just on my butt. Like, what is happening? What is happening? Yes. Step back. No. Good day. Good day. And everybody's like, girl, I know you felt it. Yeah. Boo, you you know I can't help it. (laughs) You know what I want to do. (laughs) That was another one of those songs where, like, I I listened to the lyrics one day. Like, I remember in high school, I actually listened to it, and I was like, oh. I was like, oh, that's what y'all talking about. Okay. Yeah, I can't. It's hard to say, because I I, I usually just give all music a chance. But I know I'm going to be thinking about this shit when I drive home, and I'll be like, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happens, and yeah. it's it's quite all right being put on the spot. No, number number one song that I've said needs to get retired is that fucking Fat Man Scoop. Oh, yeah, love like this, yeah. And I'm like, yo, man, come on, man. Yeah. Wait, the fact that his joint gotta go too. Huh? Like the no, 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 this is how we do it, or return to the Mac. Which one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, first of all, shame on you because Mark Morrison still, is a national I'm treasure. About, and... I'm about to say, I still rock. I still rock. I still rock. Still return rock. Come on now, yeah. like that whole whoa, yeah. like yeah. Come Every, on, right? Everybody tossed their head back. You can see everybody's tossing. I'm upset. I feel like the Love Hangover by Diana Ross does not get enough love. Oh, uh, no, it doesn't. Because it go like the journey from like the it's like a vibe in the beginning and then like all of a sudden like wait I'm on a I'm where my underwear? Like I'm on the Yes. So good. Well, I'm going to to have us wrap this up. I'm just super excited and super happy. I wish we had more time, but I'm really just excited at the fact that y'all took the time out of your schedules today to come and talk to us about, yes, about music and about your relationship with the state of music, just just music as a soul booster and a soul keeper and energizer. And I want to say to the listeners out there that you know, we we're in a cancel culture at this point in life where, mm-hmm. you know, we spend a lot of energy protesting the things we dislike. And I think that if we all as fans of music or whatever, you know, things you're fans of, if we promote the things that we love, mm-hmm. you know, instead of using that energy to mm-hmm. in a yeah. sense promote the things that we hate. Mm-hmm. Because if if you talking about, it, I gotta go look up what it is. Right, exactly. And now R. Kelly got more streams. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, if we if we you know support what you love out there, even if it's some artist who hasn't made but one song, mm-hmm. you know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Screenshot that shit, put it on Instagram, and Absolutely. show some love because you know a lot of us out here are really like struggling with our work. And I'm just being honest for a second because, you know, like everybody got bills, everybody mm-hmm. got same fucking student loan phone calls and voicemails and you know what I'm saying? So we 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 in a lot of ways we not you know until we rich and famous and maybe not even rich, just famous. 
<laughs> you know, we're not even seeing a return off our investment mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, becoming a part, trying to become part of your lives and right. stuff. Right. So, you know, just um, think of it that way, you know what I mean? Support what you love and and we'll keep keep doing it, you know, as long as you love. Right. Support and share. And share. And share it. Yeah. So, um, I again, I appreciate y'all. Um, before we go, I always ask the question, um, what is your tribe power? And the tribe power is what you bring to the tribe that makes it bigger, better, stronger, more amazing. Um, every episode I say that my tribe power is connection. I like bringing people together, having them build relationships, uh, outside of myself, uh, to basically just expand the awesomeness of the space that we're in. Um, so I want to ask y'all what y'all believe your tribe power is. Um, introducing something different. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to do. I like to introduce something different, you know, mm-hmm. to shake things up, give people, you know, let people know it's a big wide world out there. And there's all kinds of different flavors, different sounds, different things. And, you know, if you find the one that vibes with you, then, you know, go for it. Yeah. So I, I, I like to be a, you know, somebody that introduces somebody to some something, you know, different. The newness. All right. I think my tribe power would be uh, introspection and vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much like a an open book in a sense, but you got to, you know, crack the cover. <laughs> and a lot of times I just like to sit back and listen and, you know, and delve deep into subjects, even if it's just between me and, and you know, between my two ears. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times that's that's what I find myself doing is like listen to the conversations that people are having and trying to take a, you know, objective approach. Don't I'm not an emotional person. You know, I am a Gemini, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Gemini. Yeah, I'm not emotional, <laughs> but, you know, I, I could be very, um, you know, just, just uh, I like to be in my head sometimes. So that's about it. All right, bet. And I also, I also would like to say that I, I make good red beans and rice. Yeah, ah. yeah. You know what? Prerequisite <laughs> for being from New Orleans? You, you got to know how to cook. All yeah. right, yeah. Hey, who makes the best jollof, though? That would be the Gunnians. Uh, so let's just be very, very clear. Because uh, uh, Johanse has uh, these debates on Facebook on the on the, on the the statuses. And I'll be seeing them, be looking at comments, be like hundreds of comments. Like, yeah, I'm cynical to and that joint was hitting. That's correct. I mean, that's fine. It could be hitting, but the best is yeah. Gunnian. Well, let, 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 so let, let me ask this. Let me ask you this, Merck. Who, who, who got the best jerk chicken? Trinis or Jamaicans? I ain't never heard of Trinidad's having jerk chicken, but no. you know, I know Jamaicans ain't ain't fading the roti, so. So that's what we're gonna have to do next 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 go around. We're gonna have to go and and eat up and then come back and talk yes. about some more music. Right. So if the people want to get a hold of y'all to uh, either listen to y'all's projects or find out where you're gonna be, where can they find you? Uh, Merc80, M-E-R-C-8-0 on SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. And, you know, you already got my government name, so I'll check your profile <laughs> out. If I don't like you, I ain't had <laughs> On Facebook. Yeah. That's what it is. Yes. So um, I have a website. It's willardhill.com. Uh, I'm not going to spell my name out. I'll put it in the bio. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. On Twitter. Well, my Twitter got suspended. What? Yeah. What you doing? That's 
said some shit in 2016, basically like, you know, all old racist condescending white people need to just die already. Oh, yes. I and they was that. like, do it. Five. They was like, delete it or or leave, basically. I was like, well, fuck y'all. Trump, no, nah, they don't even Trump. <laughs> and, but uh, but um, if I ever go back to Twitter, it's Pretty Willard on Twitter and Instagram because I'm pretty. <laughs> yes, you are. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.